0: Check fraud has become one of the leading means for fraud again.
1: Welcome to Mitten Money, delivering insights from Michigan-based business leaders, big and small. William Zank, host of Mitten Money at TriStar Trust, loves nothing more than creating this masterclass so that you can get insight to guide your leadership journey in just under 30 minutes. Subscribe today and connect with William at MittenMoney.com. What's going on, everyone?
2: Thank you again for tuning in to another great episode of Mitt Money. Today kicks off our next series here on the show. And before I dive in, a question for all the listeners out there. When's the last time you've written a check? For many of us, it could see some time. And for a lot of people, this process may seem pretty archaic, but it is not. Just in 2021 alone, Americans sent out over 11 billion checks. And so it's pretty safe to say that it's still a pretty large part of our economy. However, this also makes it for a growing area of fraud. Cases of check fraud have actually been going up over the past few years. And so I couldn't think of a better series topic to have on to really dive into how business owners and consumers alike can better help protect themselves against fraud. What's also special about this series is that we're bringing back two past Mint money guests, which this is important because this is the first time this has ever happened. I mean, speaking about this, more people have been to outer space than have ever been a repeat guest on the show. Today, I'll be chatting with Cindy Holiday and Kit Northrup. Cindy is currently a BSA officer for First State Bank, where she's currently a certified anti-money laundering and fraud professional, while Kit Northrup is currently the owner of Blue Thumb Water Features, We'll walk through an actual case of check fraud occurring and some of the unique tools that are available for business owners out there when this fraud happens. So, welcome Kip and Cindy to Emit Money.
1: My name is Kip Northrup, and I'm the owner of Blue Thumb. We are a specialty plastics manufacturing company focusing on filtration products for water features, and we are located here in Saginaw, Michigan.
0: And I'm Cindy Holliday, I'm First State Bank's BSA officer and a certified anti money laundering and fraud professional. I've been in the banking realm for over 20 years and spent most of my time in the fraud and financial crime sector.
2: Perfect. Really interesting. And so, Cindy, check fraud in general seems to be pretty old school in nature. And so from your perspective, how prevalent is it in 2023?
0: It is very prevalent right now. Check fraud has become one of the leading means for fraud again. It accounts for over 60% of the attempted fraud yearly through domestic financial institutions. One of the factors that has attributed to that is EMV chip-enabled cards. The fraudsters aren't able to get the fraud through cards anymore as easily. So they went to a tried-and-true method, check fraud. Also, mail fraud has increased exponentially.
2: Wonderful. And so Kip, do you mind sharing Blue Thumb's story about with check fraud? I mean, just as what Cindy was describing, from an outsider's perspective, like myself, even though I'm in banking, I'm more on the investment side. And fraud, while you think about fraud, you may think of things happening via computer and not so often with checks. And so do you mind sharing your own story with Blue Thumb and check fraud?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we actually cut a check to a vendor. I don't remember the exact amount, but it was around $10,000. So it was a significant amount of money. Someone along the way intercepted that check. And they were able to change the payee. I think this particular check was going to Lowe's and it was going to a P.O. box and somewhere along the line, it was intercepted. The lady changed the payee name to her own name and then to deposited it to her bank. It then came to first state bank and through our positive pay program, it was actually caught And everything actually checked out. The check number was correct. The amount was correct. The date was correct. The only thing that had been changed was the payee. So it was great that we had that positive pay because had we not had that, that check would have cleared our account and we would have been at a loss for that.
2: And so how common, if you don't mind me asking, and Cindy, feel free to chime in as well. How common is it for businesses to go have these different tools in place like positive pay?
0: Not as much you would like as a banking person is one of the best tools that we can actually have for check fraud at this point of time. There's really nothing else out there that does what positive pay does to help mitigate that loss and fraud through the financial institutions.
2: That makes sense. And so Kip, after you guys were notified of this potential fraud, what were the next steps that you were taking and then Were there other steps as well for Cindy from your perspective that other people may be able to go take or be able to go encounter? Because, at least for my initial reaction, I mean, once you see fraud, you're almost kind of left in a state of possible panic too, because that's possible money that is leaving your company and not going to the right people.
1: Definitely. So I immediately notified Cindy, actually, and she was able to contact the other bank that had tried to clear it and they handled it from that point forward. But It's definitely become a major problem, and if you have something like positive pay, then there's a level of protection there. If you don't have a positive pay type program, then really the best advice I could give you is to log into your account daily and check every single check that comes through your account and make sure that it has been deposited properly and paid to the correct person for the correct amount. Other than that, you have no safeguards.
0: Going on what Kip said, yes. The best line of defense is to look at those checks, look at the front of those checks for any alterations, and then look at the back of those checks for any type of forged endorsement. It's very important to contact your financial institution as soon as you find fraud. Financial institutions have a small window, almost 24 hours to get a check returned to the bank of first deposit. Otherwise, if it's not returned by 2 p.m. on the next business day of the date the fraud occurred, it becomes a late return and it makes it a lot harder for us to recover the money.
1: Well, one other point I can make for you is that a lot of people get frustrated when they have a check in their hand and it's made out to them and they go to a bank and they try to deposit into their account and the bank says, we're going to have to put a couple day hold on this or a week hold on the funds. This is the exact reason why. They're giving the other bank, the issuing bank, an opportunity to say this is fraud or this is not fraud. And so perhaps through this, we can educate people on, we need a little patience when those funds are trying to clear to make sure that everyone, the money's coming out of the correct accounts, going into the correct accounts, and everything is legit.
2: From your own company's background and perspectives with different policies and procedures, I guess, what are some best practices that maybe before this is in place, he had in place, or even thinking back on it retroactively, are there different things that you've now put in place to help prevent different things like this?
1: So let me tell you a quick story about how this all came about for us before I answer that question. So we had a customer contact us and we had a lot of exchanges back and forth between that customer and ourselves. And we ultimately determined that it was a legit request and the customer wanted to wire us the funds for payment, which was not necessarily out of the ordinary. We gave them our account number and our routing number, and they were supposed to transfer $6,000 roughly into our account. I get an email from the guy the next day, and he says, we accidentally wired $45,000 into your account. So could you keep the 6000 and wire back 39000 to this account number? And I thought, scam alert, radars were going off, red lights, everything. So I log into my account, and I thought, there's no way this 45000 is sitting there. Well, guess what? It was. It was sitting there, totally was in my deposits. And so I actually contacted Cindy and she said, no, this does not look legit, did not come in as a wire. It turned out to be fraud. And so we didn't return the money back to the customer. The check that he had deposited into our account, actually, he didn't wire the money and he tried to deposit a check. The check did not clear and it bounced. So had I wired him back that money, I'd be out the 39 grand. And then on top of that, the bank would have deducted the 45000 back out of my account. It was at this point in time that I decided to register and learned about the Positive Pay program. But to answer your question, the best thing that you can do, the best practices really are to log in and pay attention to your account on a daily basis. You have to be diligent about it. You got to go in every single day, check your account balance, check the checks that have cleared on your account. Like Cindy said, check the front of the check, the back of the check. Make sure it's been deposited properly. And really, those are the best practices that I can see about safeguarding yourself. And then also be very careful about who you're providing your banking information to. Those are really the two things that I think that it's changed our processes internally to try to prevent fraud.
0: Always, if the offer's too good to be true, it usually is. And then also don't engage in unsolicited sales, emails or phone calls. For a business, if there is ever any change in vendor instructions for ACHs or wires, don't use the email or the phone number on the email that you received. Use the phone number or the email that you have on file for that particular company and ask them if their instructions have changed. Also, always, if something feels off, trust your gut instinct.
2: Always get advice nonetheless. And so... A question for either Cindy or yourself, Kip. Uh, so after you report this for fraud and it's being investigated by the bank, at what step and then also what side of the party transaction, whether it's the bank or the company, should you be reporting anything else, whether it is to law enforcement or to other agencies as well? Because I can imagine you want to make sure it's fraud before you go report or anything else. But I know that the window of time is also a pretty short one as well.
0: Besides law enforcement, you're always going to talk to your legal counsel they may have more information for you and talk to your insurance company because they may have more information for you. Also, depending on what type of fraud it is, you can actually go on to specific websites and report these fraud transactions. For check fraud, you can go to the U.S. Postal Inspection Services website at uspis.gov for ACH, wire, business email compromise, which is also known as corporate account takeover. A report can be filed at the FBI's Crime Complaint Center. That is ic3.gov. And if you're a scam victim, you can file at the Federal Trade Commission's website at ftd.gov.
2: Well, that's perfect, especially just for the additional resources out there. So If there are any potential scammer or fraudsters, hopefully they can stop doing those illicit acts towards those different businesses. And so outside of those different things, what are some other specific pieces of information that should be collected or reported upon?
0: You always want to keep all of the documentation of all the emails, make a timeline of the phone calls that you received from the fraudster, gather any names, supposed titles of those fraudsters... For checks, you're going to make sure you have the payee, the amount, the date the check cleared your financial institution, and the amount. For wires, you're going to check for all the beneficiary information, such as the beneficiary's address, bank account, bank account number, name, and amount. For ACHs, it's going to be the amount, the originator, and the originator's bank.
2: Why do you think more people are engaging in check fraud versus other different things that people could be looking into trying to scam a business, whether it's cybercrime, whether it's trying to be in person and doing other malicious acts? I mean, why do you think check fraud specifically is on the rise? Do you think it's mainly people may not think that's an active way that people could get scammed out of money? I guess from a professional perspective, what are your own thoughts on it?
0: I believe because it has gotten easier for the fraudsters to steal mail, From the boxes, they have actually stolen master keys from postal service employees and have been able to just grab stuff from the mail easily.
1: In its simplest form, I think the reason that check fraud is on the rise is because it's accessible to everyone. And all you need to do check fraud is access to the check. So if you can grab the check from the mailbox or wherever it's at, And then change the payee pretty much anybody could probably get away with that and figure out how to do that and deposit a check into a bank and honestly if the banks froze your account and said this was fraud or whatever the chances of local law enforcement really looking into it they just don't have time and so you're probably not going to get caught unless you do it repeatedly and for large amounts of money whereas when you look at internet type fraud It's harder for people to figure that out. It's harder to figure out how to actually fraud people from the web and whatnot. But one thing I can recommend to people is that regardless of whether you have positive pay or if you check your account weekly or daily or that sort of thing, but get a cyber liability insurance policy. And through those policies, you can be insured for this type of fraud happening on your account, whether it be digitally through the web or through check fraud or any of those methods. You can protect yourself that way as well.
2: Well, thank you. I appreciate you mentioning that, especially towards the different kinds of policies because that's definitely something that we're coming on the next episode, but definitely something to always be aware of as well. And so with that being said, I really do appreciate Kip yourself and Cynthia yourself being able to go come on today's episode. This has been fabulous. And so thank you again.
0: Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you.
1: You've been listening to Mitten Money, sponsored by TriStar Trust. Subscribe to the podcast and learn more about how William and the Tristar Trust team can guide your small business at tristartrust.com.